Amen. Hey, grab a seat, and as you do, uh, grab a copy of God's Word. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. If you're newer uh, to navigating the Bible, the book of Matthew is the very first book in the New Testament. If you uh, are newer to uh, the, uh, your walk with Christ, you can even bring a Bible. Just pull it up on your phone. Get there with me in Matthew chapter 5. We are walking through these first eight statements that mark the, the most famous sermon Jesus ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, these, these beginning statements, that he start with, are, uh, they're called beatitudes. They're statements of blessings. A beatitude is a pronouncement of blessing, and it's accompanied with a promise. Uh, beatitude says, blessed is this person, and here's why they are blessed. And now, uh, the reality is, these beatitudes that Jesus speaks and that Jesus starts his most famous sermon he ever preached with are radically countercultural. Uh, I hope you've seen even in the first couple weeks, uh, he began his sermon with these words, uh, blessed are uh, the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, Last week, Pastor Brian so beautifully preached to us, blessed are those who mourn, why? For they shall be comforted. Uh, Today, we uh, move to the third beatitude, and it simply says this, blessed are the meek. How often do you hear that in our culture? The, the meek are the blessed ones. Blessed are the meek. Why? For they shall inherit the earth. That is not how our culture thinks. That's not how I often think. I'm walking through Barnes & Noble uh, yesterday, the greatest Father's Day gift my family could give to me. <laughs> Barnes & Noble. And I'm walking through the business section, the leadership section. I'm walking through the like personal growth section. And I promise you, I found no book on the shelf with the, title, with the word meekness in the title. We don't operate under the assumption that it's meekness that allows us to inherit the earth. It is radically, radically counterculture. And I, and I would uh, dare to even say, as we sit in the room here today, we all probably carry in here some... Um, uh, some, some misguided thinkings as to what meekness really is. And so today, as we walk through this beatitude, I just want to seek to answer three questions together. And here they are. Uh, the first question we need to answer today is, what is meekness? If the meek have the promise that they will inherit the earth, what is meekness? And as we unpack that, we also want to spend some time unpacking what isn't meekness. Uh, The second question we want to answer is this, how is meekness cultivated in the heart? And that's a really important question, and I state that intentionally. How is meekness cultivated in the heart? Again, the application from today can't be now, hey, y'all, go be more meek this week. We don't have the power. We'll get a couple hours outside of the church walls, and we'll find ourselves reacting in very unmeekly ways. We don't have the power. So how is meekness cultivated in the heart? And maybe related to that question, who cultivates meekness in the heart? And then the third question as it pertains to this beatitude is, what does it mean that the meek will inherit the earth? Think about what Jesus said. The meek will inherit the earth. What does that even mean? We got to get after that today. So pray with me and let's let God's word guide us this morning. Father, will you help us now? Again, as we've prayed every week of this series, Lord, we can't understand these with our natural mind. They don't make sense to us. They're countercultural and they're anti-fleshly. 
And so, Holy Spirit, help, help, please help us. I can mean that, Lord, please, Holy Spirit, help us. We need to hear from you. We need to understand what you have to say to us today, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. That first question we need to get after, what is meekness? What is meekness? Matthew 5, 5, up to the comma, it says, blessed or approved of God. As Martin Lloyd-Jones said, one who is to be congratulated by God are the meek. So what is meekness? Well, this word Jesus used here, uh, in, it literally means uh, meek. How's that for helpful? <laughs> it means gentle. It means humble. Blessed are those who are gentle. Blessed are those who are humble. Blessed are the lowly. Blessed are the meek. Uh, God's word has a lot to say about gentleness. In the book of Ephesians, we find uh, these words. In Ephesians chapter 4, Paul writes, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. And then he says this, with all humility and gentleness. Walking in a manner worthy of the calling to which we have been called to following Jesus is a walk in all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. The Apostle Paul writes elsewhere, Colossians 3, it says, uh, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. The one following after Christ has put these things on. Meekness. First Peter 3 instructs us even in how we go about sharing the gospel, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with all what? Gentleness and respect. How important, Christian, in our day. As you make a defense for the hope that you have in Jesus Christ, we are to do it with all gentleness. Not as I did in college, as I've shared with you many times, of almost getting into the fist fight in my dorm room over talking to a guy about Jesus. That's not with all gentleness. The Bible has much to say about gentleness. Let me just ask this question. Are you gentle? Let's ask a better one. Would your spouse say you're gentle? Ah, come on. Would your kids say you're gentle? Would your friends say you're gentle? Would your coworkers describe you as gentle? Now, some of us, and probably just the way you're wired, you probably could tell if you've been here any amount of time, the way I preach is a bit passionate. I can be wired like this, where you want to go, well, yeah, but does gentleness really get us anywhere? Who climbs to the top being gentle? Gentle seems soft. You're not going to accomplish anything. You're not going to be able to stand up for what you need to stand up for. You're not going to get where you need to go by being gentle. Maybe you're right. 
Maybe you won't get what this kingdom has to offer by being gentle. But maybe you'll get this promise Jesus gave you by being gentle. So which kingdom is guiding your approach? David Turner said something. David Turner is a guy who's done a lot of work on Matthew. He's the author of Baker Exegetical's uh, commentary on the book of Matthew, and I liked what he had to say here. He's, uh, he's talking about meekness. He says, authentic meekness, this authentic gentleness, this authentic humility, is an unassuming humility that rests in God and renounces self-effort to relieve one's oppression and to achieve one's desires. Come on, that grates against us a bit. What do you mean renounces self-effort? So is the way of Jesus just like crisscross applesauce, hands in the air, do nothing? No. We know it's not that. We know the Lord has called us to some things. And yet in the calling, in the fulfilling of the things in which the Lord is calling us, there's a resting in God a relying on God, a trusting in God, and a renouncing of Brock's self-effort to accomplish those things. This is what a path of meekness looks like. A meekness is strength carried forth with humility and gentleness. Meek people don't need to defend themselves. Meek people don't need to let outbursts control the environment. Or opposite of that, meek people don't need to let the silent treatment control the environment. Meek people are submitted to the spirit. Meek people submit to God, to his word. And here's the hard one, meek people submit to God's, God's people. So what isn't meekness? You're, you've been waiting for this the whole sermon because every sermon on meekness has, has this line in it. Are you ready? Meekness isn't weakness. Overused, cliche for sure, but so true. Meekness is not weakness. Who of us who've studied our Bible would call Moses weak? And if you would here, I dare you to do it, standing, like if he was here, like face to face, I dare you. Call Moses weak, I dare you. None of us would look at someone like Moses and say, weak. And yet look at what Numbers tells us about Moses. He says, now the man Moses was very meek, more than all people who are on the face of the earth. Who would call Jesus weak? the one who resolutely set his face towards Jerusalem to take the cross. The one who walked into the temple, overturning the tables, dealing with the money changers. The one who could have called legions of angels to get him out of going to the cross. Who would call him weak? No one. And yet, look at how Jesus describes himself 
He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am, and this is the only place we have in scripture where he describes his heart. He says, I am gentle and lowly in heart. I am meek and lowly, and you will find rest for your souls. So meekness is not weakness. Gentleness is not weakness. Feeling, uh, not having the urge to defend yourself or to blow up in anger, that is not weakness. In fact, let me just ask you this question to drive the point home. When you see two people in a disagreement and the disagreement uh, heightens and the tensions rise and it's heated, the stronger person in the disagreement is not the one who has to raise his voice and, and control it with anger and a red face. No, we all know watching something like that, that the stronger one at that moment is the one who can prevail in gentleness in the midst of the disagreement. Meekness is not weakness. It is strength under control. Meekness is not weakness. It is strength under control. And it's so important for us to remember this. Another thing I'll say, just by way of answering this first question, we wonder, what is meekness? Another thing that I think is important that we say, meekness is also not something. It's not a natural disposition. It's really important for us, I think. Meek meekness is not a personality type. It's not a natural disposition. What do I mean? Sometimes we can uh, look at someone who's a bit more naturally just soft-spoken, maybe a little more introverted, and we can say, oh, they're so meek. And sometimes we can see someone who's a bit loud, a bit gregarious, and we go, not meek. No, meekness isn't a personality type. Meekness isn't something that's natural to us. Meekness is something that has to be cultivated in us. Meekness is something that comes from someone else, which brings us to the second question. How is meekness cultivated in the heart? How is meekness cultivated in the heart? Now, uh, remember something I said in week one, and if you weren't here in week one, I'm going to say it again right now so that you have it. The Beatitudes are not just these isolated statements that contain spiritual truths that are disconnected from one another. And for much of my life, that's the way I studied the Beatitudes. Oh, blessed are the poor in spirit, for there's the kingdom of Oh, that's a good one. And then I'd move on, uh, blessed are those who mourn. And, and as I moved on to the mourning, I would leave the poor in spirit behind. And yet, what we see here is that the Beatitudes are deeply interconnected with one another. And it's really important for us to understand that as we try to get to the heart of this answer, how is meekness cultivated in the heart? The only way meekness is cultivated in our heart is by us first passing through an understanding of our poverty, our poorness in spirit, the fact that we are spiritually bankrupt. It's our spiritual bankruptcy that leads us to mourn. I like the way Pastor Brian said it last week. We're mourning our sin and we're mourning all the ripple effects of that sin. And so once we understand we are spiritually bankrupt, spiritually hopeless, apart from being saved by a savior. Once we see ourselves for who we are and we mourn our sin, we can't come out of mourning our sin and being like, I'm the man. It leads us to meekness. 
It leads us to a right understanding of who I am in light of who God is. And when we have a right understanding of who we are in light of who God is, we get low. Everywhere you see God appear in the scriptures, what do the people do? They get low. And so meekness is cultivated in the heart when we understand our poverty, that we're poor in spirit. We understand there's sin and we mourn this sin. And that mourning of sin, it turns our eyes to Jesus. It turns our eyes to another. When we understand we are deeply wicked, wretched, and sinful, we turn our eyes to Jesus and we say, we need another to save us, one who is not deeply wicked, one who is not wretched, one who is not sinful. We come to Christ by believing in him, we grow in Christ as he is sanctifying us, and it's Christ in us that cultivates meekness in our heart. If Jesus described his heart as gentle and lowly or as meek and lowly, then meekness is cultivated by Christ at work in us. And so the Holy Spirit, and once we know Jesus as our Savior helps us to put off pride and anger and malice and slander. And the Holy Spirit helps us to put on meekness and humility and gentleness. But Christ must be the one who cultivates this in our heart. If we don't understand that, or if we lose sight of that, then what a sermon on meekness turns into, it turns into almost a, um, a, a teaching on character development. And so y'all here, we gathered here today, and, and I just want to charge you, and I want to give you cute phrases, and I want to give you some, uh, some, some, some steps that you can follow. Now just go out and seek to be meek people, but we can't do that. We need a radically new heart in which Jesus is king, in which he's cultivating this meekness in us. I want to take for an example someone that we all know from scripture where this happened. Think about the apostle Paul. And if you think about what he was like before he came to Christ, and in the Jesus Storybook Bible, where just to this section is a family, and, and the, the story where Stephen is being stoned, Paul, uh, Saul is like behind a, a corner, and he's like all mean, and, and my four-year-old's like, why is he a bad guy? And I'm like, but he's going to be a good guy, okay? Just well. but, but they make him all, all mean. Well, this is who he was. He hated Christians, to the point where he is seeing uh, their execution as something to uh, have joy about, and then Jesus uh, intercepts his path, puts him flat on his back, becomes the Lord of his life, and this is the one who's penning much of the gentleness scriptures I've just quoted. How does that happen? Jesus. It's the only explanation. Paul didn't find himself. Paul didn't grow in moral character. Paul didn't seek to become a better person. 
Paul was laid flat on his back by Jesus. Jesus becomes the king of Paul's heart, and Jesus turns an executioner into a gentle, meek man. Praise the Lord. Think about it in the the testimonies of the people who you have known uh, come to Christ. How often I hear a testimony from a spouse or from kids or from friends or from coworkers who will describe a man or who will describe a woman and then as they talk about the transformation of Christ in their heart, they'll say, he's so gentle now. She's so humble now. How does that happen? Christ. And so again, I'll probably say this every week of the Beatitude series, I wish I could give you like the three easy steps to meekness. Here's the one easy step to meekness. Go home, get on your face, and pray this dangerous and awesome prayer. Lord Jesus, make me meek. You have to do it. You have to do it. And Then, if a Beatitude is a statement of blessing, accompanied with a promise of why that person is blessed. Think about the promise in this verse right here, and it's the answer to the third question here. What does it mean that the meek will inherit the earth? Blessed are the meek. Jesus, why are the meek blessed? For they shall inherit the earth. I think uh, an important word here for us to lock in on is the word inherit. What does it mean to inherit something? To inherit something means we receive it as a gift. It means that the thing or things we are inheriting are the rightful possession of another. And that person who they are the rightful possession of is choosing to lavish their generosity on us by allowing us to inherit, to receive as a gift what is rightfully theirs. And so this beatitude doesn't say, blessed are the meek, for they will conquer the world. Blessed are the meek, for they'll take the hill. This is how our world thinks. How do I I go take it? How do I go conquer it? How do we rise and grind? How do we power suit, power tie, power lunch? No one says that anymore, probably, but. (laughs) This is the way I think. It is. I'm confessing to you this can just creep into ministry world too. Let's take it. And when we're wired like that, we love to be the people that always go back to, yeah, and Jesus, you know what? He was a guy who walked in and flipped the tables, man. Let's go. But we usually are misapplying that. We're missing the meekness in which he even carried forth that activity with. Our world says, go and take it, go and conquer it, go and do it. It all depends on you. And Jesus says, blessed are the meek. 
for they'll inherit the earth. I will give it to them. We said this again and again throughout our Genesis series, and I want us to hear it again. This is God's world. He created it. It's his. And he's the only one who has the right to give it away as an inheritance to those he chooses to give it to, and he says he'll give it to the meek. This is our father's world, and he's given it to the meek. But pastor, it doesn't look like it. Wait, oh grasshopper. <laughs> it's happening. Is it? It gets to this, this timing of, if the meek will inherit the earth, when? Lord, we'd love now. Is it a now thing? Is it a future thing? Yes. The answer is yes. The meek will inherit the earth. Now, how? Well, let's talk about that. As Jesus goes on in this sermon, he's going to bring up the earth a couple more times. He's going to say, uh, just a few verses from where we are right here, that, uh, that Jesus' followers are to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And so as followers of Jesus live as salt of the earth, as meek salt of the earth, uh, we are inheriting this earth. He's going to go on and, and say, as he models what prayer looks like, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As spirit-filled people live as spirit-filled people, his kingdom is coming in a way on earth as it is in heaven. There's a now reality to the meek inheriting the earth. And there's a future reality to the meek inheriting the earth. That our great and glorious God is going to make a new heaven and a new earth unmarred by sin, untainted by brokenness. And in it, the meek will know fully and finally their full inheritance as children of God. The meek will inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek. For they shall inherit the earth. So will you pray this prayer with me this week? Lord, make me meek. Will you pray that? Lord, Jesus, the one who is meek and lowly, will you cultivate more of who you are in my heart this week? Lord, make me meek. And now let me warn you, if you pray it, 
there will probably be circumstances in which God will use to shape that in us. What will your response look like as your spouse is not responding with the grace that you believe they should? O meek one, how will you respond when a staff meeting, a work meeting turns from critiquing the project to critiquing you? Children, what will it look like when mom or dad says, will you go do this now and you don't feel like doing it? Lord, make me meek will probably mean for us this week that the Lord will allow us to walk through some circumstances in which he's using to cultivate that meekness in us. Amen? Redeemer, stand up with me. I want to send us out of here. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. As you leave today, can I just encourage you to something? Um, Over your lunch tables, over your brunch tables, over whatever you're doing, wrestle with this. Ask the questions you want to ask to one another. What does this mean? What does this look like? Here's what I'm struggling with. Each beatitude is so radically countercultural, so radically anti-flesh, that after sitting under the word of God, let's gather with the community of God and let's wrestle out what this actually looks like. Let's keep committing these to memory. So by the end of this week, we should have the first three beatitudes memorized as a faith family. And as you leave here today, let me just say, happy Father's Day to you dads. So thankful for you all. You are loved. You are sent. We'll see you back here next Sunday.